Well, the Polynesians in the Philippines are tiny. And it's interesting that then there's another Polynesian group who are fucking enormous. Yeah, because we, we ate the Filipino ones. So. <laughs> <laughs> Historically, it could be true, couldn't it? Yeah, it probably is. If they wander off into the off the island, we just eat them. That's yeah, it. Yeah. No, no, we don't we don't eat, we don't eat we only eat horses. But you know, a lot of the cannibal stuff, they looked into a lot of the cannibal stuff. A lot of it are stories told to other sailors to scare people away. So someone would visit on a little ship and they'd all kind of like, you know, it would be a kind of like, yeah, we eat people. But probably what they did is they killed... Anthropophagy. Is that what it's called, eating mm. people? I'd do it. I'd do it if I had to. <laughs> you know, yeah. someone... I would. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. Well, there's your, yeah. there's your cold open. Yeah. yeah. Eat just there. Yeah. <laughs> right. <clears throat> ready? You ready, D? Hello and welcome to Business Without Bullshit. I am Andy Ori and alongside me is my co-host Pippa Sturt. Hi Andy. And today we are joined by Phil Burney. Hi Phil. Phil is co-founder of KeyPay, a cloud-based payroll solution like no other. A closet computer scientist, that's an interesting statement in itself, and a purveyor of ever-questioning status quo as well as being a former professional rugby player. <laughs> Phil, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thanks Andy, I'm, I'm well. It's, uh, it's good to be here. And um, I've just uh, gotten over the jet lag, and I'll be flying back out tomorrow. So um, oh, perfect so, timing. So you got to, So we'll make this one count. Well, I was, my first question was going to be, what's keeping you up at night? Jet lag sounds yes. like the correct answer. Jet lag, and my and my two year old daughter who is is keeping me up at night. So you brought her with you? No, no, no. So ah, so you came here hoping to sleep, yeah. and then the jet lag fucked you up. Yeah, and I've had to pretend to my wife every night that I've had a terrible night's sleep because she's oh, been wrestling her yeah. <laughs> at home. Oh my gosh, and. It, You've just got the one kid, have you? Or no, I've got I've got four, Andy. I know. So. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and these, how, these, the, the, how old? 14, 10, 12, and two. So yeah, I didn't have as many grey hairs in my beard as uh, as what I do now. Before, did you think I'll have a gap and then we'll just have another three or something? No, what it was was it took us a while to work out how it was actually happening. And then the last time, was like, okay, <laughs> how to do it? Yeah, yeah. This is this oh, is actually happening. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So anyway, we sorted that out. <laughs> and it, and it's the business KeyPay uh, for people who don't know is is um, yeah, a fantastic payroll solution that is extremely popular in Australia and now expanded into the UK. You also do Singapore. Yeah, Singapore, Malaysia, and New Zealand as well. Nice, very nice. Well, maybe tell us a little bit about the business and where it's at. Yeah, so it's uh, so it started in Australia. Um, we started off as just cloud payroll. We expanded into you know a full suite of workforce management. So in Australia, we do rostering time and attendance, and then they've got uh, award interpretation. They've got what award? Award inter interpretation. So yeah, so that's not for you know working out who wins the Oscars or the Grammys. It's around working out what uh, employees get paid, and it's a yeah. fairly complex system. So we built that out. Would you wait, slow down? So would you mean working out how employees get paid? I mean, I, the boss works out how employees get paid, no? Yeah. So generally, uh, in most other uh, countries, you'll just have a flat rate of pay. Um, but in, in Australia, we have all sorts of conditions that, that govern how you get paid. So if you work uh, in retail, and it's, and it's per industry as well, which makes it uh, extra exciting. So if it's if you're retail, you work on a Thursday night between seven and midnight, you'll get a certain allowance if you work between midnight. So is this all sort of set centrally by government? Yeah, so we have what's called the Modern Awards and there's, I think it's 128 Modern Awards and they cover everything from, uh, you know, retail and hospitality to some more exotic ones like uh, there's a... Um, 
uh, an Undertaker's Award and a Security Guard's Award. Is it good overall or is it a fucking nightmare? I mean, I imagine it comes out of the fact that Australia never had many people. So the unions are traditionally very strong in Australia. So they've been able to negotiate different industries because I know like, like chemists are in a union in an industry. Is it bullshit or is it great? It's probably a bit of both, actually. So I think the concept behind trying to uh, ensure employees get paid a fair rate for for what they work kind of makes life easier because you don't have to. You're not going around looking at other businesses and thinking what are they paying. But hang on, that's not what you said. It was though. You said on a Thursday night, if you work between these hours, oh, the whole week is mapped out. You must pay these ways yeah, so at least this much. Yeah, no, just it. Thursday nights. That's it. it. Just oh, well, Thursday I, I, nights. I sort of, yeah, I, I got the wrong end of the. Story. Yeah. Well, they no, say so like Saturdays. We have a twenty-five percent penalty. Sundays you'll have a fifty percent penalty. So there's there's different rates for. Can you pay people more than the rate? So that's the like basic you'll get, like a minimum wage. Yeah, yeah, and I think the concept of of paying people uh, a fair minimum wage is is quite good. Um, I think where it's gone a little bit uh, haywire is every industry with their unions has said let's uh, try and you know cater it to our to our industry. I think it could be simplified, uh, and that would make it easier for business owners because the, the complicating factor is for business owners. They have to work really hard to um, to pay the employees accurately, and in Australia, there's been a lot of high-profile uh, cases of uh, people fucking it up. Yeah, exactly. So, so what we do is we, we make it a lot simpler for, particularly for SMEs. You know, the, the reality is, is SMEs, you know, small business owners, they're not trying to do the wrong thing, but from a compliance perspective, they lack, they lack the resource to work it out. Now, imagine, and now it- they can just blame you, right? If something goes wrong. Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's it's complicated (laughs) because it's okay if you work standard hours and you never vary, but everyone's varying everything now and that makes it very complicated or? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, in a, you know, uh, white collar workers, you know, you're working your nine to five or now, you know, eight till four and then, you know, six till nine when they're in bed and whatever else, right? But if you've got a standard 40 hour week, it's fine. Um, but, you know, there's a whole uh, entire other section to the workforce where they're working variable hours. And what the awards try to do is recognize that there's um, a whole range of factors that make that. Um, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more difficult, and so they factor that into the rates of pay that people get, and that's where the the complications come. So if you if you're just working, you know, a standard office job, or you're just in a professional services, the awards don't really apply to you. But if you're in, um, you know, retail, hospitality, you know, um, a jockey. So we've got a <laughs> there's a, there's awards that cover um, jockeys. If you're working at festivals, so we've got festivals um, are covered by awards. All these sort of weird industries, agriculture, for example, what they try and do is say, okay, these things aren't a standard work pattern. So, but and what we don't want is employers taking advantage of employees because, you know, it could be, you know, from everything from setting really low piece rates to just saying, if you're working at three on, in the morning on a Sunday, we'll just pay you exactly the same as what you'd pay on a, you know, nine o'clock on Monday morning. And is this what, I mean, Kipe is cloud-based, but as payroll systems, cloud-based nowadays. That was very novel when you started. But, you know, this complicated problem as an example, or is that what sort of key pay is really known for, making complicated problems simple? Or Actually, I'd say what we're known for is we're cloud-first. So what we were never really interested in is taking desktop systems and bringing them to the cloud. So you can, you can take, uh, you know, 
anything and you can move it to a, a web browser. But if you're doing the exact same things, then it doesn't really make sense to take it off a desktop system. So what we wanted to do was do things in a, in a cloud native way. So when we're talking to uh, our clients, what we want is, is we don't want them to be, you know, uploading spreadsheets, for example. If there's an opportunity for them to enter the data directly into the system, we'll give them that opportunity. Or so, the employee. Or the employee or, um, you know, wherever it is. And so what we what we try and do is um, we've got the payroll component, which is a very big and important part of a payroll system, but we've got all the other bits that feed into, into payroll. So whether it's uh, onboarding new employees, whether it's timesheets, whether it's, um, you know, even rostering stuff. So we've got a, uh, a road management system. All of those factors all feed into payroll. And what makes a KeyPay unique is that because it's cloud-based, you can have all of those systems uh, in one solution. So that's the that's the thing that makes us different. You know, we, we don't compromise on that. So we do have some areas where we have to be a little bit flexible in, you know, meeting the market where it is. But if there's an opportunity to say, actually, we're not going to build a you know, spreadsheet import or, you know, build an export for you to take it out of your system and send it to another system, we can just connect directly. We'll we'll take that option. And you 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 integrate, I mean, you know, there's other cloud-based payroll systems people might be familiar with, but you may be surprised to learn some of them might even be you in disguise. You integrate with other people, don't you? Yeah. So one of the unique things about us is that you can white label the software, which effectively means that uh, you can put your own brand on it. And uh, for the majority of their clients, they don't ever know that they're using KeyPay. So we can have, uh, whether it's accounting practice or technology partner, they can uh, purchase it from us, put their brand on it and then um, sell it. And, you know, their, their clients would never know that it was us. So that is, a, that's again, one of those things that you can only really do if you're a cloud-based system. It's much harder if you're a, you're a desktop system. Uh, what are you doing in London right now? So George and I are on a... So There's another man in the room. Yeah. His name is George. He's quite menacing. I, I think he may be a bouncer, but uh, my uh, uh, Phil looks more like the bouncer. So, yeah, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm George's security detail for the week. <laughs> um, now, introducing uh, George to uh, to the UK team and the wonderful world of UK payroll. So he's had a crash course in uh, in lots of exciting things like uh, backs files and, and 52-week averaging. All the and, quirks. Yeah, all the exciting stuff. And... When people say uh, we actually have cloud software, how to detect if it's really cloud software or not? So, the, the, well, well, what do they say when you have cloud? How do oh, they? There's, there's a lot of uh, systems around that say, "Oh, we're, we're a cloud solution," because it sounds better, and people think, "Oh, exactly, yeah, right." But they're not. They're no. a website attached to a big mainframe. You mean, or something? Or yeah, well, you've got to take a CD to install the software. That's the giveaway. If you're installing software on a server, I didn't even know they had CDs anymore. Yeah, there's certain competitors that are still handing out CDs. I mean, wow. hang on, yeah. computer. Just don't have the CD slot anymore. Some of them do. Yeah. Do they? Some of the, yeah. There's a lot of accounting firms in the southwest that still have uh, CD ROMs and Windows 95. Well, that, that's Devon. Come <laughs> exactly, on. Exactly. That's not quite fair. <laughs> Obviously, the business has been very successful and rightly so, and is um, embedded in uh, many a product and stuff like that. But then recently, you managed to perform an exit while staying in the business, and that was quite a big event, I assume. How long did it take, start to finish? It was around six months, which in all honesty was was fairly good. I think we were very fortunate. The eventual buyer was uh, Employment Hero. Yeah, yeah. Ben, who's, who's been on this podcast, fantastic man, you know, and actually how we met originally. Yeah, exactly. So. You, you haven't fallen out now. It's, everything's okay. No, no, no. <laughs> He's so going to tell you if they have. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and now a quick word from our sponsor. 
Clark got its start back in 1935 And while the world has changed a bit, it's more than just survived From complying with the FCA and all things financy They can also speak fluently in the language of legalese Rory Clark was born and raised right here in the UK And now for 20 years they've been helping others get set up and on their way Clark's doors always open and happy to provide straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle. You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram. And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat. The one problem when buying businesses, I think, is culture clash, you know? Most I was going to say the money, but... The one problem. The one problem. The one problem. Yeah, the, <laughs> the money. Man yeah. alive. Um, you know, have you got a yacht, any yachts? Not, not, no yachts. No, damn dinghy? it. No. I, no, you got I, a dinghy, a small boat. No, I think I mentioned I've got four kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dad, I took another 20 quid out. You want, oh, for fuck's sake, you know. Yeah, actually, George and I were talking about that t- today. The, the concept of ordering ice cream via Uber Eats is, uh, is something that I, I never really had to deal with when I was growing up as a kid. But as a parent, I'm now having to explain to my kids why that is not. I didn't know you could order ice cream via yeah, Uber Eats. You can do it. You can order anything. On we Uber have a Eats. client. Snowflake, yes, oh, on Uber Eats. Oh, is that kind of the point with Uber Eats? They'll go anywhere. Well, anywhere that signs up to Uber Eats. Um, oh, right. Yeah, no, it's more have, like the uh, distance thing. I, sometimes... I can't really comment because I live opposite a Pizza Express and occasionally I get delivery to go and get it for me. <laughs> Sorry, I really shouldn't have admitted Don't worry, that. I do that shit all it's the time. True. I live next to a corner shop and I still get everything delivered. He's, he's fucking upset about it, but I said to a man, and I was a loyal customer until they invented uh, Gorillas. Now it's fucking over. You know, Gorillas, you press a button 10 minutes anywhere in London. You know? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, whatever the fuck you want. Every time I turn up in London, there's another thing that uh, helps Londoners stay inside for, more, we for don't longer go amounts of time. Yeah. We are with the largest e-commerce market per head by miles in the world. The only one people bigger than us are China, and that's only because it's the fucking size of China. It's, we're, it's we're, one of the fascinating things it. about London, right, is I think on the consumer side, technology, they're just so, like, so far ahead. When a I, lot of competition here, so everyone comes here. Do you think there's any argument now for locally stored, if, I mean, maybe if you're MI5 or something, you know, having local software? I struggle to find them, so that's why I curiously ask you. Yeah, look, there's some very specific use cases, but it's becoming less and less, you know. It used to be about compute power. So if you could, if you were an illustrator or if you were, you know, producing uh, podcasts or what, like having the compute power locally on your machine was was beneficial. But even now with things like Figma and SoundCloud and, and these tools, the, the number of areas that... Uh, I don't know Figma. What's Figma? I think they got bought by for about... $20 billion by Adobe. Oh, it's an Adobe. Um, I was about to say it's an Adobe. Yeah, it's like an illustrator type tool where oh. the designers, I, I, I'm not really qualified to use it because I don't wear boat shoes and three quarter length chinos. Um, <laughs> so I'm not, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Three quarter length chinos. <laughs> and yeah, and, and loafers. Actually, that's, uh, that's uh, I don't know who that would be. That's uh, that, that they, are, they do exist, those people in London, but they do different things. They um, design. They design. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Yay! Much more creative. Chinos, he's got it. Yeah, they're cool in London, you see, you know, uh, 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 ish. 
So now we get on to our business bullshit question. So, you know, this is when we just like to take a subject in your own life that is used a lot in perhaps a very businessy kind of way, but is obviously bullshit. Or maybe sometimes people think it's bullshit, but it's business. Um, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I've, I was thinking about this before, and I think uh, the one for me is AI. So mm. everyone's talking about, you know, you can have AI in your sandwiches, AI in your... You <laughs> it's going to just be chewy. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, everything's, everything's AI. We're going to have AI-driven, you know... Uh, Cleaners, we're gonna have AI. It's like we don't need AI and everything. Like, there's some specific places where AI will, you know. Obviously what does AI mean, really? I mean, artificial intelligence. But you're a geek, so what does it really mean? Well, exactly. What does it mean? People are just using it, and they're just <laughs> exactly. going. We're just yeah. gonna put. We're gonna sprinkle some AI on our bots, and we're gonna, you know, make better account. Like, who knows what it means, right? They just. It's like a <laughs> it web. It doesn't free. really exist at the moment. Yeah, exactly. It's it's this thing that but everyone's it's just basically putting in there. machine learning, right? It's like. Yeah, so there's, I mean... Yeah. And there are certain things where you don't need the machine to learn anything. Yeah, I don't I don't need machine learning on how to make a pizza. I don't need... I mean, look, maybe you do. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a, you know, AI-driven coffee bot and all sorts of stuff. But and I, but I think there's this, this hot... You know, it's like it's like chatbots. You know, five years ago, everyone was talking about chatbots. You know, chatbots with your support, chatbots to do your accounting, chatbots to, you know, um, you know have your kids, all the whole thing, right? It's like chatbots for everything. But and there's now, nothing worse than... When you're on a website and it, it pops up in the corner and says, "How can I yeah, help you?" Yeah, it's fucking terrible. And you, like, say, no and you say, "Yeah, I need some fucking help." Fucking <laughs> and it goes, "Hang on," and then oh, I get so annoyed because then you have to about twenty minutes. It's like over like a whirling disc. Yeah, they keep asking the same fucking question. You're like, "Okay, let me try again." I want a fucking pizza. You got it? You fucking got it? It's like yeah. wrong website. So if you, if you, you know, this is, this is the state of chatbots and especially AI driven and stuff. They can't work out that you want a pizza, but we're going to let them, you know. Uh, number crunch, you know, whatever it is that we're doing for orders of magnitude more important things. Mm, no, yeah. what, you think Web 3.0 is bullshit as well? You complete, say? yeah, Web 3, like Web 3, NFTs, crypto, the whole lot, just in bullshit. the bin. In the bin with, really? Yeah. All cryptos? Uh, Bitcoin? Liking this. Yeah, I, I'm not, I just, I, I don't see crypto providing any real value. It's, uh, it, I could go on for a while about crypto, but for me, it, it's all got Well, we're Ponzi, on a podcast Ponzi, where, for the Ponzi point scheme. of hearing you talk, so. <laughs> Ponzi scheme. Uh, bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. Well, I just, we had a, we had a. Um, professor, professor of uh, finance. Of cryptology. A, le yeah. a leading professor of Who finance. Who said that, yes, Bitcoin was a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. But she also said that Ether, for example, was a much more stable was, and actually it was, useful. It was a, a much motorway, motorway yeah. with smart contracts that had intrinsic God, value. you really listened, didn't you? I did. She was very clever. Smart contracts put them in the bin as well. You think? Why, why? Why smart contracts are quite a good idea? But all this stuff, right, in theory... It sounds like they're a good idea. But you see what's happening with, you know, crypto and um, and they say, we want a decentralised finance system. Well, it turns out the things that make a finance system really stable is the centralisation bit, like having central banks and central authorities. And you now there's some theoretical use cases where I think having a, a decentralised currency that's not tied to the state, you know, where you've got, you know, dictatorships and, and all that type of stuff could potentially have value. But the problem is, is that, like with everything, uh, when humans get involved, the bad actors get in there and it's too hard to, uh, without regulation. Police. Yeah, it's just oh, like asking everyone, yeah. can everyone just be nice in the crypto space? And that's all fine, except, you know, 
humans for the most part, yeah, humans are like fuckwits. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, if if you give us an inch, we'll take a mile. If exactly. we if we find out there's no rules, we'll fucking yeah. go for it. I think what it is, as much as anything, is there's been a lot of inflation in equity. So we understand because they've been printing money and everyone's been, you know, companies are getting overvalued and everything. AI is one of those terms that we all sort of you know, feel scared to argue with, maybe, isn't it? Well, it's, it's one of those things, right, where it's, it's a little bit made up and you don't really know what it is, so you can't really go in there with any authority and go, actually, that's just bullshit, isn't it? You feel like, I have to be on the bleeding edge for this. And going back to what we were saying about the cloud before, I think there was some bad actors early on in the cloud space where they would say things like, you know, you need to be in the cloud, and there was an element of bullshit there, but... I think AI is definitely one of those ones where I see people saying, you know, there's definitely some cool things happening in the AI space, but I think in business, people talk about it as if it's like the second coming and really you don't know what you're talking about. Speaking as a lawyer in the room, there are certain things in law, for example, that AI will be very useful for, say, for example, due diligence. And if you need to look at a thousand contracts and you can get a computer to do that and identify and learn which are the bits of the contracts that matter... That's great. But there are certain things that it's never going to work for. I crashed in a Tesla in a parking jam. I was stuck <laughs> stationary, okay? I was fucking not moving in a jam and I was tired and I thought the car had moved and I went, oh shit, and I pressed the wrong, I pressed the starter and the, I just hit the accelerate with a performance Model 3. Bang the car in front, bang the car in front, bang the car in front, bang the car in front. They all get out, they all work, my fucking neck's gone, all of this shit. And you know what? That fucking Tesla, my friend from East London was like, it's fucking bullshit. We got So he got on the phone to Tesla. No, 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 because he shouldn't have let me do it. And you know what they said, Tesla? They said, oh, listen, sir, it's your right. You're right to crash your car, basically, is what they said. So the giant of Mercedes that would have stopped me, but the Tesla's view of the American thing, we, they say, we slow you. And, and you know, it's like when I had to fill in the form, how fast were you going? Well, I don't know. How fast can you go? <laughs> between I thought they were going to say, Andy, we're dealing with artificial intelligence. That was artificial stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> right, this is our quick far round, and uh, we're going to ask you a lot of questions. We're supposed to answer them quickly, within five seconds. We may discuss some of them in the end. We may find ourselves talking during it, which we're not supposed to do. Okay, DQ the music. And we're off. What was your first job? I was a knife salesman. <laughs> Could write that one That's down. a good... We'll come back okay. to that. What was your worst job? Also knife salesman. <laughs> right, we're definitely coming back to that one. Favourite subject at school? Uh, um, home economic... Uh, what is it? Food tech. We don't have either. You don't but have food tech? It, it's we cooking. Cooking, cooking yeah. yeah. Food tech. What yeah. a load of shit. Call it cooking. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, darling, I'm going to do a bit of food tech tonight. Oh, are you, darling? Yeah. Um, what's your special skill? Uh, I actually make a, a pretty good uh, pizza. You know, in lockdown, we got one of those little pizza ovens. Oh, the umi, a, the umi. Yeah, it was, a, it was a rock box, and now I've got the dome. So uh, these Neapolitan pizzas are, are, are a thing that I've been good getting pizza. into. Uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? A <laughs> rich. <laughs> I just wanted to be loaded. <laughs> what that did your it. parents want you to be? A doctor. <laughs> but they didn't work it out, right? Because I was like, I just can't touch other people. What do you mean you can't touch other people? You find hugging and stuff you're not so good. Yeah, I hugged you when you I, came I'm in. You know, so the personal you. space so is, is not to be invaded. So. Yeah. Oh, really? Fucked yeah, yeah. up. Fucked up the air. That's my first ever hugger. No, that's all right. It's, you know, but like, you know, if it's like just. You're like, very huggable. Are you aware of that? Yeah, I am I'm quite soft and, and cuddly. So <laughs> it's. Uh, uh, yeah, no, but, big people are very good, yeah. Yeah. What's your go-to karaoke song? Actually, I've never, ever done karaoke, so I don't... I don't if you were to. 
Oh, I'd probably what go like. In the car? Probably, probably do some like Lenny Kravitz. Say you're going to go my way or something like that. So, nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, go Lenny. Uh, office dogs, business or bullshit? Look at them. We're going out to dinner. Yeah, I reckon they're, they're business. I don't mind the, the, the dogs in the office. I'd normally have one here, but we're off to dinner. Poor, yeah. poor, poor Rhymes. Uh, have you ever been fired? I haven't yet. Still time. <laughs> There's still time, yeah. There's still time. Not yet. What's your vice? Oh, just one. <laughs> you can have as many as you want. I have several. Uh, I quite like I quite like whiskey. Uh, oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker for particularly the uh, uh, the single malts. Um, I like, and, I like and, single and, malts. and Scottish, of course. Or yeah, yeah. yeah, there's some there's some good Japanese. Yeah. There's a Kiwi one. Yeah, I'm not not particularly for Australia's got some okay ones uh, now, but yeah, the, the peatier the better, I find. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, want, yeah. you want to taste like you're drinking out of an ashtray. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so just just to circle back, when you say knife salesman, are we talking those kind of people that go door to door with us? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so like I was uh, 17, 16, 17, needed some cash. You know, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Because uh, so I, I just, think you might be a bit scary if you turned off. Yeah, the so, yeah, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, so having a, uh, a large Pacific Islander turn up at your door with, uh, with a full a range of knives is exactly how you would you would want to. So I think, yeah, I was actually quite good at it. I sold quite a lot of knives, but I think they were more intimidated into buying the knives. <laughs> They're just like, we want to buy yeah, the knives yeah. and get this guy yeah, out Give me the knives, <laughs> then I can defend myself yeah, against exactly. you. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I was a knife seller, but, but I, I hated the job. Just because I wasn't very good at it. Well, I was good at the the selling part. I wasn't good at getting motivated to oh, go out. Fucking hell! So, so once I got there, selling. Yeah, Because yeah. the doorbell goes and you're busy. You know, you're having sex or you're eating. I don't know. Whatever you're doing, something. You know, uh, you're sitting there and it's like, oh, what the fuck? And then you have to go out in your knickers or whatever. And then you're like, what the fuck do you want? You're like, oh, sorry to disturb you. I'm sorry, sorry like, but you oh, immediately fuck. made that into a 1970s porn film. I know I did, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, <laughs> just sounded more exciting. So. You You've got 30 seconds to tell us about KeyPay and why people should use you. KeyPay, so it is cloud-based workforce management software. We're native in the cloud. We um, are an all-in-one solution. We do timesheets, rostering, payroll, uh, and we're across uh, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Malaysia, and the UK. Okay, great. There you have it. You were fantastic. Thank you, Phil. That was this week's episode of Business Without Bullshit. And we'll be back with BWB Extra on Thursday. Until then, it's ciao.